Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Let's bang out one, one caller. Go, go ahead. Let's see who we got. Yes. Good morning to you, Pastor Jonathan. Hey, where are you calling? What's your name and where are you calling from? Yeah, my name is Franklin. I'm calling from Lagos, Nigeria. Welcome, Lagos. Go Super Eagles. Tell me how you came across our ministry. Was it on Faith Broadcasting in Africa? Yes, sir. I've been following you on Faith um, TV channel, and uh, I must confess, uh, you're really doing a very good job. You're one of my favorite pastors in the United States. Um, thumbs up. We Thank you, you very much. Go ahead Go ahead with your question. I'll help you anyway. I can. I'm excited to talk to you. Okay. Um, I've been thinking, supposing somebody has been engaging all the covenant responsibilities for financial prosperity, you've been tithing, you've been giving worship offering, giving to the poor, but you don't seem to get any, uh, maybe you receive a harvest or see a significant harvest in your life. What can you do? Is there a way you can call in your harvest? What can you do in that regard? That's a great question, and I'm, I'm sure that that's a question that everybody uh, has thought or wanted to ask. We get that question a lot, so I'm glad that you asked it. What do you do when you've been sowing seed, you know you're living holy, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do, and you don't see any kind of, if you thought of it with your mind, supernatural increase? It's like, you've heard me tell the story about when I sowed my Cadillac Escalade. I have not seen, after sowing that $40,000 vehicle, Something come back where I can say, you know, like, and then the next week someone gave me a plane. I, don't, I haven't seen something like that. So what do you do in, in those cases? The reason the verse, okay. be, be not weary in well-doing, for you will reap a reward if you do not get, give up and quit or if, if you don't faint. You know, God made the promise to Abraham that I'll give you a son in, in, when he was 70. The son came 30 years later. And after several years of having to introduce himself as the father of many nations, just like an embarrassment, calling those things that are not as though they were. So when the Bible says when the in Ecclesiastes, when the cloud is full of rain, then it falls. You don't know when the breakthrough comes, but you have to stay confident that it'll come. Because think about it. The scripture, be not weary in well-doing, for you will reap a reward if you don't give up and quit. That wouldn't be in the Bible if there wasn't a tendency to grow weary and well-doing. And so you have to just know God will do his part. As far as accelerating it, you can do what Adonis did in Finland, which I'm going to cover in this message, and put a demand on it in prayer. Whatever is holding back my harvest, I curse it in the name of Jesus. I command a supernatural harvest in Jesus' name. And then just keep sowing. But the one thing that you know is not possible is that as you live holy, and follow, like you said, the, your covenant responsibilities. You're not just believing God to bless you. You're, you're following the covenant responsibilities. It is a sure thing that one day it'll break forth. And I'm going to tell you, like a great man of God says here in America, one day of favor erases a thousand days of labor. And so as much as it seems frustrating when you're waiting on the thing to break forth, when it does come to pass, those days become a distant memory, and the rejoicing is all that much sweeter. You know, and then you'll actually look back and realize how perfect God's timing was. 
Because there would have, you know, I think about certain things God's done for me financially. There would have been a time if he would have done it when I was 25, I wouldn't have known what to do with it. It would have messed me up. But at just the right time, when I was ready to handle it, when my mindset was right, you know, everything worked perfectly. And that'll be the case for you. You can never allow, like it says in James 1, and I know, I know you're not double-minded, but everybody, like, like the example I gave even before you got on the, the video, everybody has the tendency, like Peter, to follow the instruction of Jesus, and then when you get up, you're like, all right, let's be realistic now. Uh, it's great that I've taken 10 steps out on the water. How long is this going to last? I, you know, and you get your eyes off Jesus, and down you go. I would say, to answer your question succinctly now, what do you do? When you've done all your covenant responsibilities and you're still waiting on the breakthrough. And by the way, I'm with you. I believe there should be, like the guy that gave us a million dollars in one night. There should be a supernatural breakthrough. It shouldn't be like, well, I've I've tithed and given offerings and I may have never seen a miracle, but I see the grass grow and the birds chirp and there was a butterfly outside of my window. When I, I, I'm not, I don't believe it. You know, that's not it. I believe in tangible Abraham had a physical Isaac. There should be a tangible supernatural breakthrough. In the meantime, what do you do? I would say use your mouth as a weapon and follow the instruction of Psalm 103. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Actually, do what God had Abraham do while he was waiting on the breakthrough. Abram, I'm changing your name from Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, father of many nations. So Abraham had to start calling himself. I'm father of many nations. So you start, I, I thank you, Father, that I'm a millionaire. I thank you for supernatural breakthrough. I thank you that my cup is running over. I thank you that my bank account is overflowing. I thank you that before the end of this year, I'll write a tithe check for more than I made in past years in the entire year. And, and just as you believe it in your heart and speak it with your mouth, number one, it forces your mind. To stay on the reality of God's word and not become double-minded and unsettled. And then secondly, your words are powered. uh, Empower it to take place. By the fruit of his lips will a man's belly be satisfied. As you speak it, it comes to pass. And so that's what you do. You do it more. Everybody can bless the Lord and speak prosperity when they just had a financial breakthrough. But in the waiting time is when it's more important. To lift up holy hands unto God without wrath or doubting. And say, I thank you, Father, that you're making a way where there is no way. That this year is going to be supernatural in every area of my life. And God will do uh, that for you. No problem. I thank you for calling in. Do you you go to Bishop Oyedepo's uh, church there? Okay. um... Did I lose? I can't hear him. Okay. Do you go to Bishop Oyedepo's church then? I lost. No, it's it's okay. I love you. Thanks for calling in. But get his information and find some way to ship a gift card to Nigeria, even if you have to hand deliver it. Ram, (laughs) I want you to fly to Lagos and just find a way to to get to him. Just ask... Ask around if anyone has seen him until you're never heard from again. (laughs) Psalm 37. Thanks for calling. The more Africans that call in, the better, by the way. I really, because we've we've been on TV over there for so long. 
and I don't get to see you in the live meetings in the United States. So if you call from the continent of Africa, you go straight to the front of the line. South Africa, Namibia, Nigeria, Kenya, Uganda. Psalm 37, verse 1. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they'll soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him, and he will help you. Verse 11. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Turn to one of my favorites, the first psalm. Psalm 1, 1. Oh, the joys of those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in every season. Say that out loud. I bear fruit in every season. They bear fruit in every season. They bear fruit in every season. Their leaves never wither. Mm -hmm. They prosper in everything they do. In the King James, and whatsoever he doest, it shall prosper. Listen to that. Whatsoever he doest, it shall prosper. I told you the story that I had the Lord speak to me two, two years ago. Plan your year like you actually believe that verse. Amen. That everything you put your hand to, I'll cause it to prosper. Nine, eight keys to explosive growth in 2019. Number one, you have to be around testimonies. You have to be around people that manifest the thing that we're talking about, which is explosive increase. I was listening to Pastor Adeboye this morning. I listen to Bishop Oyedepo regularly. It's a rare day that I don't listen to him speak. And I grew up in a home where my mother and father not only believed in prosperity, but we saw it manifest. Lady comes to our house when we're out of money and hands us a white envelope full of cash to buy groceries, put like 300 and some dollars in the 80s. We ate like kings. We thought we were going to have to split fish sticks for the next three days, and instead went out and bought steak and potatoes. That was one of the happiest meals I ever ate. Number one, you need to be around people that manifest it. It's like I'm around Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. I see the Lord supernaturally supply his ministry. It stokes your faith. Like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Who you hang around will determine what you become. You can't listen to me an hour and a half a day and then go to some church that speaks against it in a family. You have to make a one track. That The Bible says, They that walk with the wise shall grow wise themselves, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. So not everybody belongs with you. You can be nice to everybody, but as far as who you definitely spend time with. I saw something on social media the other day. If somebody wastes 10 minutes of your time, 8 minutes are your fault. That's right. <laughs> You choose who to be around. You don't be around people that discourage you and discourage your faith. And be careful. I know so-and-so. They, they believed like you, and they were always saying the Lord was going to do this, and they ended up losing every. They don't need that. You don't need the devil whispering in your ear. That's what ruined Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, a third voice that questioned the Word of God. 
Did God say don't eat from the tree? You shut the best way to deal with doubt and unbelief is shut the voice out from ever being able to speak into your ear in the first place. Number one, surround yourself with people that manifest the testimony. And I'll add, I'll add to this first point. Then you become somebody like my mother and father. Where I didn't grow up in a house where I didn't see the blessing of God. Heard people say, how many of you know we're blessed but never saw it? I saw my parents role model it. I saw the Lord supernaturally cancel $50,000 worth of debt Mm -hmm. in our family. So you can't talk me out of it. I've handled it. And if you didn't have that growing up, God will make you a person. Your children will not know struggle. Your children will have a mother who manifests the promise of God. And your children will have a father who manifests the promise of God. Number two, settle. Eight keys to explosive increase in 2019. Settle once and for all in your spirit that prosperity is the will of God for you. Turn to James chapter 1. James 1. Verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that you expect an answer. Do not waver, for a double-minded man is unstable as the waves of the sea. Such a man should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. James chapter 1, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man... Expect to receive anything from the Lord. I have a guy that writes me about every month on Instagram. Jonathan, thank you for your teachings on prosperity. It's helped me so much. And then like clockwork the next month. You know, but what do you say about how Paul said this? And then, you, okay, thank you for, then, then the next month, thank you. Ever since I started listening to you and giving, I've seen so much increase. Next month, just wrote me yesterday. First time I didn't write him back, and I'm not writing him back anymore. You can't help double-minded people. Mm -hmm. You've heard what I have to say. You're free to agree or disagree. What you're not free to do, though, is to say that it's not in the Bible, because I don't have my own teaching. Well, John, so this is what he writes. After, like, this is like a year and a half now. Joe Jonathan, I can see how people don't believe in prosperity, because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and he lists the verse, look how much Paul talks about suffering, which I'm not going to go into teaching on what suffering is in the Bible and what suffering isn't. But why don't you read the rest of the book, mm-hmm. what Paul says about suffering? What about what he says about uh, prosperity five chapters later? <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his own heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, For God loveth a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That's Paul talking. That you, ye, that's you on the other side of the camera, God's will. Set number two, settle that prosperity is God's will for me. Totally settled. Not, well, I know there's a lot of verses on prosperity, but then you also have to remember, God also spoke out of the other side of his mouth because God's double-minded and unstable in all, all his ways. So he talked a lot about blessing, but then when his medication wore off, 
he started talking about poverty. No, God's not schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. God says one thing. There's not even a shadow of turning with God. There is no variance with God. The God that said, I'm Jehovah Jireh, I'm El Shaddai, stayed like that through the Bible. He didn't make bad investments in Malachi. And then by Matthew in the New Testament, he kind of settled down on prosperity because he was out of money. What's God's will? 2 Corinthians 9, 8. That God is able to make all grace abound to you. That you, always having, not sometimes, always having, all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness, remain, his righteousness remaineth forever. 10. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Verse 11. This is New Testament. That ye, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, mm-hmm. which causes through us Thanksgiving to God. Let me see how it says it in the New Living. If you sneeze one more time, you're kicked out of the studio. 2 Corinthians 9. <laughs> Hashtag hostile work environment. <laughs> so what did you say? <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. No one can hear it. You just are, you're just gross. 2 Corinthians 9, 11. In a, in a good way, though. You're gross in a good way. 2 Corinthians 9, 11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they'll thank God. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Let me see Dick's note on it. God is the one who ministers seed to the... Oh, God increases riches to be used for his glory and for the good of men. And it's, he, wrote, it, he writes it should be in parentheses connected with verse 8. So in other words, God is able to make a bound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Being enriched in everything. Everybody say enriched in everything. Enriched in everything. That's New Testament, baby. Well, what about the New Testament? I know God said that to the Israelites, but the early church was poor. Oh, is that why it says in Acts chapter 4 and there was no poverty among them? Let me see if Dick has anything to say about that. Acts 4. Verse 32, Acts 4. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. In the New Living Translation, there were, oh, verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Acts 4.34, early church. Neither was there any among them that lacked. In the New Living Translation. There was no poverty among them. And so the Holy Spirit wiped poverty out of the early church. Paul didn't teach it as an anomaly. Paul said, as you, as you sow the seed that God puts in your hand, God gives seed to the sower. As you sow it, he'll multiply your seed sown, and you'll be enriched in all things. Proverbs 10, 22. 
The blessing of the Lord makes a man rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The book of Proverbs, if prosperity is not the will of God, the book of Proverbs should be ripped out of every Bible because it's 31 chapters of instruction that basically say this, do this and you'll multiply. Do this, you'll live. Do this, you'll be rich. Do this, you'll be very rich. Do this, you'll be poor. The Bible is a set of instructions that leads to increase. Settle, don't be double-minded. There's people watching me right now, like me, because you grew up in traditional church, where for 20 years, you had people, oh, how many of you know money's not important? How many? You, you hear, hear me teach, it registers with your spirit, but you've got like 10%. Yeah, but what about, um, you know, like I had a, a guy come up to me one time after I finished preaching, like ready, I heard you preach. What about in, when Paul said to Timothy, the love of money is the root of all evil? Let me, let me see if I can find it offhand. 1 Timothy 6, I think. Yep, 1 Timothy 6, 9. So, here, so we'll deal with like what you would call, it's like a poor term for it, but problem scriptures. Well, I know Jonathan teaches that, but, you know, like this guy waiting after me. Like I don't know what verse he's going to go to. <laughs> It's like, you know, do you ever think, it's like when people don't believe in healing. Um, yeah, but what about, wait, just stop talking. Let me finish. Is it A, Job, B, Paul's thorn in the flesh, C, that Paul said I left uh, Miletus sick at Troas? Oh, how'd you know? Because I know the three scriptures out of context the devil uses to trick morons like you. Yep. Of course, you don't say that. But well, definitely think it. How can you read like 500 <laughs> scriptures on divine healing, let alone the life and ministry of Jesus? I know. And say, yeah, but what about how Paul, um, le- it says he left Miletus sick at Troas. Oh, okay, that cancels it all out then. Do you know why it says Paul left him sick at Miletus? Because the Bible tells, uh, or at Troas? Because the Bible tells the truth. The Bible's not like other religious books that turns everybody into a superhero. It tells you Elisha was in his last sickness and died. It tells you David committed adultery. It tells you when people missed it. That's true. But you don't build a doctrine off of everything that happened. Do I, can I take a second wife because Abraham uh, took Hagar? No. Just because Abraham will answer to God for that. Just because the Bible tells you facts of what happens in people's life. Amen. It's not a doctrine. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. If, if God said in Exodus 23, 25, if you'll serve me, I will bless your bread and water and take sickness and disease out of your midst. The number of your days I will fulfill. Then it doesn't cancel it out that the Bible tells you someone got sick. It's telling you the truth. The Bible tells you Elijah was as human as we are. You know, they, they were regular people that got anointed. 1 Timothy 4. Or what, six, sorry. Six, nine. First Timothy 6, 9. But Jonathan, what about, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction for the love of money. And again, I heard somebody say it last week again in church. It's like, it's like Brother Jonathan said, money's the root of all evil. No, it's not. Money's paper with ink on it. Mm-hmm. 
that has no qualities to itself, the person that possesses it infuses it with personality. Those who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many harmful and foolish desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evil. And some people, not all people, some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So he read that and looked up like I was going to, oh man, you know what? I'm just going to travel the next year and a half back to all the churches I preached at and apologize because I never read that scripture. No. I said, just keep reading. I said, does the chapter end there? No. Okay, read the rest of the verses. So then he goes, for the sake of time, verse 17 he gets to. Teach those, same chapter, teach those who are rich in this world to get rid of all their money and be poor. No. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. How many of you know God blesses us so we can be a blessing? That's partially true. But God also blesses you so you can enjoy life. Georgina Mumba, totally healed from hypertension the last time he was preaching Faith on Fire in March 2017. Praise the Lord. God bless you, Georgina, for testifying. Tell them to use their money to do good. Not get rid of it. Just direct it. Use your money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a foundation for the future that they may experience true life. Those are the instructions to the rich. Not all rich people get rid of that money. It'll kit. No. Use it right. Use it with eternity in mind. Let me see if Dick has anything to add on. Interesting. For the love of money is the root in the original language of all kinds of evil. Dake, Dake actually says, and you got to remember, these weren't, these, these are like old scholars. These are not like modern, like prosperity guys. The love of, excuse me, the love of money, not money itself, is the root of all the evils of verses 9 through 10. But even the love of it is not the root of all evil and never has been. Listen to this. Neither Lucifer, n- neither Lucifer nor Adam fell because of the love of money. Hmm. Cain, Sodom and Gomorrah, David, and many others in Scripture went into sins, sin for reasons other than the love of money. All men do not love money. Only some covet it and reap these evils. Because that used to get preached against hardcore. Let me see how it phrases. Charge them that are rich in this world 
that they be not high-minded. That means you have to settle. I'm definitely not going to get to all eight of these today, but we have all week. You're not going to... You have to settle these things ahead of time. The Bible says when you get charged those that are rich in this world to to not be high-minded. You know, there's a tendency when God begins to bless you to talk down to people. How could somebody be that poor? I mean... You're never to vilify. The Bible says when you speak against the poor, you speak against their creator. You should always be soft-hearted to people. So that's the charge in the Bible. As you become rich, don't be high-minded. Think of how many people go to churches where the whole board of directors of the church are just the rich people of the church that think they should have a say because they're rich. They're not even givers. High-minded. I can't believe the pastor would even buy something like that without consulting me. <laughs> you know, did you know we've given, we, we added it up. I, someone said this. We added it up. We've given over $18,000 to that church in the last five years, and they won't even let our daughters sing on the worship team. Yeah, it's tithes and offerings. It's not bribe money for the worship leader. Yikes. That's why the Bible says, charge those who are rich in this world to not be high-minded. If you want to have explosive increase in 2019, you have to settle these things. That like Abraham, the more God blesses me, the more I'm going to be soft-hearted to people and tender-hearted to God. Like Abraham. Because notice the Bible says, it's almost like 1 Timothy 6 is an echoing of Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy 8 verse 17. But remember, after I've blessed you, after I've multiplied your silver and gold along with everyone else, along with everything else, that is the time to be careful. Don't ever say it was your own strength and ability that made this happen. Always remember, it is the Lord your God who giveth thee the power to create wealth. So God didn't say, now look, I didn't think things through, and I stupidly made this power to prosper you, and as soon as you get it, it's going to turn your heart from me. No. Abraham is proof. Isaac is proof, Jacob is proof, Joseph is proof that as God prospers you, you can actually dig in stronger to God than you did when you had less money. You don't settle that when you have money. You settle it now. Father, as I receive your prosperity, it will never take your place in my heart. You know, Adonis and I have the most money in the bank now that we've ever had in our life. So what did I do? I'm fasting more than I've ever fasted. I did the 21 days with you guys, did a few extra days, and now I'm doing uh, 6 to 6 till April 10th, 100 days, most I've ever done. 25 uh, full fast, 75 6 to 6. Other than Sundays, I'm going to eat lunch after church with my family. And that's it. Praying more. I flew down to Tampa to be an all-night prayer. Because I've made up my mind, the more God blesses me, the more I'm going to press into him. It doesn't have to be the other way. Don't let religion trick you. You know, I have people, well, well, you know, as you get rich, those riches will, t- how many of you know those will take the place of God in your life? How would you know? You're not rich. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what, the, what you should say to those people. Mm-hmm. How would you know what riches do in somebody's life? You've never, you've never been rich. lower middle class. Got a car held together by Christian bumper stickers teaching at Bible school, warning against riches. That's not God. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want your kids growing up 
seeing you stressing about needing a new alternator for your car for 300 bucks, can't afford to change your brakes, putting your whole family's life in danger because you don't have brake money, and you think that somehow, yeah, I could have money to fix brakes, but instead I've chosen to be close to God. No. The closer you draw to God, nobody pursues God at a loss. The harder you follow after God, the harder the blessings of God follow after you. Seek ye first my kingdom and my righteousness. And as you advance my kingdom, all the other things that you could die trying to get, I'll add it unto you. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. See, that's what I'd be doing if I said, you know what, I'm not going to fast and pray this year. We're doing good, and uh, I don't really need to pray. I only pray when I'm in trouble. I'm not in trouble. Yeah, that's trusting in your riches. And the dollar could collect. You know, the, the riches of the world are uncertain. But as you stay with your faith active, the thing that produced that wealth, if the dollar collapsed, then whatever the new thing is, it would produce that. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trusting in certain riches, but in the living God who giveth us all things richly to enjoy. God did not create this world to be enjoyed by the devil's people. God created this world to be enjoyed by his children. I have a trip planned for Arizona in April, I'm going to enjoy myself. God, God didn't make that place to be enjoyed by alcoholics and drug users. No, he doesn't have any problem. He makes you a blessing and he enjoys equally you being blessed. Hallelujah. I didn't take Camila to Disney World on Sunday so she, or Saturday so she could be a blessing to others. I did it because I love her and like to watch her smile. And God will do things for you this year just because he likes to watch you smile. Amen. He give us, a, don't ever let the money take the place. And as you do, God will increase you and gives you all things to richly enjoy. Well, we only got through two of the eight keys to explosive increase in 2019. But fortunately, we have all week. So the first half of the broadcast, we'll do that. And the second half, we'll go into message two. Dominion over all sickness and disease, part three. I want you to sow something today as we get ready to move in about one minute and join 34 million homes. In the broadcast, I want you to ask the Lord what he would have you to give and sow it. You're welcome, Isabel. Nice to see you. And sow it with an expectation that it's going to open for you a 2019 that's radically different from any other year. On Facebook, hashtag donate. On YouTube, go to revivaltoday.com and click give now. You can put the text to give up quickly. This is the text to give information, which also makes it easy if you're on YouTube. Text RT to 50155. Text RT to 50155. We're going on TV in 30 seconds. Ask God what he would have you give. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows generously shall reap an abundant harvest. God leaves it to you. What would constitute a generous seed? Thank you for sowing it. Don't go anywhere. We're now going to go into 34 million homes and reach our generation for Christ. See you on the other side. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.